1: Welcome to the Sysin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from the China Project and Sysin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of the China Project. On this week's episode, entrepreneurs mobilize China for an AI race with the US. Food delivery giant Meituan buys an AI startup for more than $200 million, and LVMH's billionaire CEO, kicks off his China tour to woo local customers. Let's jump right in. In the breakneck global artificial intelligence race, China's tech sector is obsessed with competing with U.S. titans like Google and Microsoft. According to consultancy Prequin, AI investments in the U.S. dwarf those in China, totaling more than $20 billion this year to mid-June, compared with China's $4 billion. Yet that gap is already narrowing, at least in terms of deal flow. In the period, the number of Chinese venture deals in AI amounted to more than two-thirds of the U.S. total. In China, billionaire entrepreneurs, engineers, and veterans of foreign companies alike now harbor a consistent ambition to outdo the U.S. in a technology that may determine the global power stakes. Given growing concern in the West about Chinese technology, many of the fledgling businesses are aimed squarely at the home crowd. Still, Chinese demos released so far make it clear that most have a long way to go. Meanwhile, powerful chipsets from the likes of NVIDIA and Advanced Micro Devices, AMD, are crucial in training large AI models, but Washington has barred the most advanced from China. Staying in the AI sector, Chinese food delivery giant Meituan is buying a co-founder's generative AI startup for more than $200 million, joining the race to develop chat GPT-like services. The startup Lightyear was the brainchild of Wang Huiwen, who this year declared his intention to get into the burgeoning effort to develop next-generation AI. Meituan now joins Chinese internet rivals ranging from Baidu to Tencent and Alibaba in a contest to develop generative AI services. Now turning to the consumer sector, LVMH CEO Bernard Arnault has kicked off his China tour, which includes meetings with local teams in several cities. The French billionaire's high-profile visit coincides with the Chinese government's push to build ties with foreign companies as the country continues to open up after the pandemic. For LVMH, one of the world's most valuable companies, the Chinese mainland has become a critical driver of growth. During the past three years, when China sealed itself off from the rest of the world to combat covid there were major consumer shifts that have sparked a reevaluation for many businesses. LVMH has already moved some of its brand's regional headquarters and senior executives to cities like Shanghai. The company bets the pandemic pivot by Chinese shoppers to buying at home is likely to continue. In the long run, the growing influence of the country's Gen Z is adding impetus for foreign brands to lock in a foothold. That said, the short-term outlook of China's consumption recovery is less rosy. The country's domestic travel spending during the three-day Dragon Boat Festival holiday fell short of 2019 levels. This fueled concerns that momentum is fading in the country's post-pandemic recovery. According to government data, domestic tourism revenue during the holiday increased more than 40 percent from last year's break to reach more than 30 billion yuan. However, that amount was still 5% below 2019 pre-pandemic levels. According to Nomura analysts, the average spending per trip was about one-sixth less than 2019 levels. This signaled either a weaker intention to spend or less purchasing power. Let's turn now to Kelsey Chung, company news chief of Caixin Global, to talk about one of the week's big stories. Hello, Kelsey, and welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you, Kaiser. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back.
1: So today we're going to be talking about Alibaba, where a landmark overhaul has been underway, including a surprise leadership shakeup announced just last week. Uh, Help us to break down exactly what the Chinese e-commerce giant is trying to do.
0: Sure. Yes, Alibaba's ongoing restructuring is closely watched by many. And for the company, it presents a chance for it to unlock growth potential from all corners of its empire. So as we all already know, the plan, which was initially announced in March, is to split the company into six business groups with a parent holding company. So the six groups are Cloud Intelligence, Taobao and Tmall, Local Services, Cainiao Smart Logistics, International Digital Commerce, and Digital Media and Entertainment. Each of the units will be managed by its own CEO and board of directors. It's worth noting that Taobao and Tmall e-commerce platforms, which are Alibaba's core money-making units, will remain wholly owned by the main company. Each of the five other units will have its own say on raising capital and pursuing IPOs. In May, the group released a timetable for several key units to complete spin-offs or pursue independent share sales. And the company announced last week, as you mentioned, Alibaba Group chairman and CEO Daniel Zhang will step down from his roles. Starting September 10th, Joseph Tsai, an Alibaba co-founder and current executive vice chairman of Alibaba, will become chairman, while Eddie Wu, also a co-founder, will take over as CEO. Daniel Zhang will remain chairman and CEO of the newly formed Alibaba Cloud.
1: Yes, lots of changes there. So do we know why Alibaba is switching up its management like that and bringing back some of the old co-founders?
0: Yes, you've actually mentioned a great point. And in fact, if we look at the new leadership team at each of its units, many are actually co-founders of Alibaba, including Trudy Dai, who is CEO of the Taobao and Tmall Group, and Lucy Peng, who is a director at the Local Services Group and the International E-Commerce Group. Wang Jian. The founder of Alibaba's cloud division has returned to the unit and is serving as a director. A longtime Alibaba investor told us that their return could help boost market sentiment ahead of the spin-offs, as they are familiar names for investors. And many have said that Jack Ma is definitely behind the personnel reshuffle. Although his name did not appear among the new holding company management or on the board of directors of any business group, multiple company sources and investors said there is very little doubt that he was behind the radical restructuring. And in fact, the initial March announcement coincided with Jack Ma's first public appearance on the Chinese mainland in months. And people familiar with the matter told us that Ma had met with the senior management of the Taobao and Tmall group during the June shopping festival event. And they say this signifies the full return of Alibaba co-founders to take back control of company operations.
1: I see. So what does the company hope to achieve through this restructuring?
0: The reshuffle comes at the tail end of a sweeping government crackdown on misconduct in the tech sector, in which Alibaba was fined around $2.6 billion U.S. dollars in 2021 for violating antitrust rules. The reshuffle is not a financial separation, but a complete overhaul of management authority and independence. One source said it could reduce regulatory risk over monopoly concerns and could incentivize the business units to take more control. So the company is hoping that the new structure can win back investors, help it capture new growth avenues, and maintain profitability.
1: But I assume that's easier said than done, yeah?
0: Yes, so each unit, particularly its cloud, logistics and grocery, and e-commerce businesses, is being confronted with a list of issues that management would need to tackle.
1: Tell us more about these these issues.
0: Sure, so for its cloud unit, It's the leading cloud service provider on the Chinese mainland. But despite that position, the business has been struggling following the pandemic. It posted a 2% year-on-year drop in revenue for the first quarter. And that is significant because it's its first ever year-on-year quarterly decline since Alibaba's U.S. IPO in 2014. Revenue growth in the fiscal year ended March was only 4%, which was also, again, significantly lower than previous years when it logged double-digit jumps. So to mitigate that, it has been cutting prices for its core products and laying off staff in May.
1: I see. What about its logistics and grocery arms?
0: Yes. So Alibaba said in May that it's hoping to list its delivery unit, Cainiao, within 12 to 18 months, but investors think it's seeking too high of a valuation, especially when its revenue and growth still lagged far behind rival JD Logistics. As for its grocery chain Fresh Hippo, or Hema in Chinese, the unit was planning an IPO in 6 to 12 months, so even sooner. But that could face hesitant investors, given the downfalls of its Chinese peers, which are Nasdaq-listed Miss Fresh and Ding Dong.
1: And what about its biggest moneymaker, e-commerce?
0: The domestic e-commerce business has been a drag on Alibaba's overall growth. In the quarter ended March, revenue from the division fell 3% year-on-year, while Taobao and Tmall's Gross Merchandise Value, or GMV, declined on the year for the fifth consecutive quarter. Rivals including JD.com and Pinduoduo are also chipping away at its e-commerce market share. So one source close to Eddie Wu said Alibaba has been trying to attract more users on its e-commerce platforms over the past five years. It has also encouraged merchants to conduct more live streams by handing out incentives, but the effect hasn't been satisfactory.
1: Seems like there's an awful lot for new management to do.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: All right. Thank you very much for all of that. And if our listeners are interested in more details of the story, please head on over to com. And thanks again, Kelsey.
0: No problem, Kaiser. It's always a pleasure.
1: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief was produced by Kaiser Guo and by Lin Jinbing, Kelsey Cheng, Du Bohan, and Jonathan Breen at Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global thanks to spring and autumn for the music check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca network like the amazing china in africa podcast and the china global south podcast and for daily news and views make sure to subscribe to access from the china project again thanks for listening and we'll see you next week take care